good dude with some hood ways. Moved out the hood, but still hood made. Won't take nothing, you fake stunt. Neighborhood fights with the good days. See people say that they fuck with you, but your actions show that that's unsafe. I had set dates with a Haitian bitch who love eating meat like a lunch date. Niggas don't fight, they clutching. I can't wait till he shoot, I'm busting. I know I'm beating niggas' asses a chick. Ain't nothing changed for me, I'm dumb and I. You sir, good guys right around in the whip. My set was, I need money now. Look, bro, got rope when I lick went bad. Welcome back to the movie draft house. I'm your host, Mark, joined by also host Jeff. Good evening or morning, depending on when you listen. Hello, Mark. How are you? I am doing well, Jeff. How are you? Well, I gotta say, we're only a few weeks away from our anniversary, Mark. Mm. It's almost been a year. Can you believe it? I cannot believe it. You've but only before, tried to make me quit so many times, and I'm listen, still you've, here. You've quit. Uh, I've never. Quit. You've quit so many times in your mind. I don't know how many. I times don't know you why you keep thinking this. But music this month is brought to you by the hip hop, the Central Florida hip hop artist LV No Louie. No, Louie. <laughs> With his song, When I'm Gone. Uh, you can find all his links in the show notes. We appreciate him letting us use his music on the pod. Make sure you're giving him a like, a follow, a subscribe. Jeff. Yes, sir. Yes, Mark. What is the theme for the month? The theme for the month is movies starring actors playing themselves. And we've been three for three with at least meeting the criteria. <laughs> it's, a, it's a low bar to cross, but we've done it. We've done it. Well, uh, yeah, so we had to watch, what was that garbage last week? I'm still here. I, I cannot believe that how bad that was. Go back oh, and God. listen to that episode. Oh, it was right. terrible. Yeah, okay. All right. Worse than Uncut Gems. Now, this movie we watched this week, I, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm giving you incentive yes. to just dislike the movies I like by me continuously crapping on the things that you like. You loved that movie last week. It's one of your favorite films. <laughs> You've seen it so many times. <laughs> okay. I, I imagine you doing the Donald Trump hands. Yeah. You've seen it so many times. You film. love this movie. He's seen it literally millions of times. Um, and okay. All right. I want to say when we go into this movie, there were some things mm. that stood out to me now Okay, that I have a problem with. Okay. Um, I'm ready for them, but before anyway. we dive into it, yeah, what did we watch? We watched private parts from 1997 starring Howard Stern, Robin Quivers, uh, Fred Norris, Mary McCormick, and, Paul Giamatti in the earliest role I can remember seeing him in. Um, yeah. It's directed by Betty Thomas. With it's the directed I by a woman? That's good. Because yeah. there's a lot of yeah. chances for that to go wrong. Okay. So, um, the, the hold on. The IMDb synopsis for this film is the autobiographical story of Howard Stern, the radio rebel who is now also a TV personality, an author, and a movie star. Yeah, okay. So this is based on the book he wrote, which was an autobiography called Private Parts, and then adapted for the screen. Um, and 
Are you a Howard Stern fan? Listen, so I don't know much about. I, so the answer to your question, like, like no, like okay. no. I mean, I'm not. I'm not a Howard Stern. Howard Stern fan. I would. I probably would know his voice if I saw it. Or <laughs> wait, yeah, there wait it is. Minute, wait a minute. I would know his voice if I heard it. However, I don't know anything about Howard Stern. I don't listen oh, to him. Okay. I don't I'm I'm not a Howard Stern fan. I like this movie was enlightening to me is because I didn't know anything about Howard Stern. Interesting. That is that's actually kind of an interesting place to come from. Um well I was familiar with him, although I never listened to his radio show, and I don't remember how I ended up watching this movie the first time anyway, but I really I obviously had selected it and after having seen it. So it's it's a movie I do enjoy, and I enjoyed it again this time. Um, but it is told from Howard's perspective, and it goes from his early years with his dad into uh, basically right when he becomes sort of the household name, the number one DJ in New York City, and that's kind of where it stops. Um I guess. Uh, what did you think? How 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 did you feel after you watched it? So, you know, I, I always knew this movie ex- existed, but I'd never seen it. And watching it, I I like the movie. Um, it's, I mean, it's quick. Oh yeah, maybe not quick, but it. No, it is. It's a it's an easy watch. Yeah, and it's. Howard Stern is a passable actor. He and, does pretty well. Right. I, I, like, I found myself and I'm like, wow, this this guy is, he's good. And he's good in the role. And, like, and I know he's playing himself and he's playing like a version of, or yeah, a version of himself. But I found myself like, wanting to see where this movie went as far as like and i i had nothing i did not know anything about robin quivers and honestly i did not know that the this this actress that plays robin quivers is actually robin quivers yes so i was like wow and then fred who is there for about three quarters of the film is the real fred norris from the show right and, from the radio show, and that 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 is like, yeah, I'm I was like flabbergasted. I'm flabbergasted because I did not expect all of these characters, these people playing themselves, to be as good as they were playing themselves in this movie. Yeah. So one uh, notable exception of that is Mary McCormick playing Allison Stern, Howard's wife. Right. Uh, Obviously, she is an actress, and Howard's wife is not in this film. Um, I did not think she was very good in this role. <laughs> no, I agree completely. I th- and Mary McCormick's one of the people who I just don't. Is there a good role that she's? I just I haven't seen her in anything where I'm like, oh, that's good, because it's her. And what's the 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 girl that was in Knocked Up? Uh, I can't remember her name. Yeah, I know who you're um, talking about, but I don't know. Just forgettable, sort of. Uh, Catherine Heigl. 
Yeah, that's her. Um, and doesn't bring much to the table here. Like uh, when 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 uh, when um, Mary McCormick's character f- finds out that she had a miscarriage. It's the worst. Dude, when they scene. are in the doctor's office. Yeah, no, it's the worst scene ever. And they're like, no matter what, you would have lost this baby. And she starts to cry. It is. It's so bad. Awful. It's terrible. Awful. <laughs> um, It's, yeah. And Howard, I think the movie and the script benefits Howard Stern to not have to do anything particularly uh, dramatic. Like, right. he doesn't have to to cry in any point. Uh, he just a couple times he has to look mopey and sad, but he does the geekiness in the early part of the movie really well. He gets angry at the right parts. Um, no, and he but, plays off of Paul Giamatti so well. Yeah. In, and, in their scenes together. And I thought that Paul Giamatti is very good. Like, so this is oh, like he's one. He's awesome. Yeah. He's, this is the first like earliest I've seen Paul Me Giamatti. Too. And, He's just he's and Paul Giamatti is a great actor, you know. Like yeah, how, how I know him, Paul Giamatti. But and it was strangely enough the movie that made me really like him was uh, Lady in the Water, which is not a good movie, but he is just really so good at acting that you know. Well, and that is so. Paul Giamatti in this film is young. He's energetic. But he's also over the top, and he portrays rage so well. Right, and you I, are the Antichrist, Howard. You are the <laughs> motherfucking Antichrist. He <laughs> is one of my. He's one of my favorite parts of the movie. He just he he is pig vomit, and yeah, he plays Kenny, who is the station director, uh, who is essentially tasked with reining in Howard Stern's um, creativity, uh, keeping him under control from, you know, uh, getting them problems with the FCC and losing uh, advertising and all that other stuff. Well, and, and, you know, his, his portrayal of this, this character is, I mean, like I, I've I've seen a lot of Paul Giamatti films, and they all seem to be kind of similar. He he, I don't know if I'd classify him as a character actor. No, but, I wouldn't. Certainly not now. No, like he's he's a fantastic actor now. Um, but back the, then, like watching this movie, all you get is like the rage, and then he can turn on the "I'm your buddy friend" guy. Yeah. He knows how to do that passive aggressiveness that the character calls for. Um that he just nails that. Yeah, and this and looking at his like his filmography, this was one of his first like like real starring roles where he's playing opposite of somebody but for an extended period of time. And the role before this he is Donnie Brasco, uh, the the film Donnie Brasco, where he plays an FBI technician. That's the role, FBI technician, yeah. and and so this is one of his first like breakout roles. And I felt like he, man, 
he was awesome in it. And I I I I can't say enough for for Howard Stern and Robin Quivers because I didn't know anything about I mean I, right. I I know I know of Howard Stern and I know like you know how big of a deal he is in in radio but like I didn't know I, I didn't know how big of a deal Robin Quivers was and the fact that she played herself in this movie and she was really good yep um I just this movie kind of caught me off guard good so uh it, like good. we said it uh, it is good i'm glad you enjoyed it listen when i share a movie that i genuinely enjoy and you enjoy it that, that's good it makes me feel good so the, yeah. the story is about howard stern and they start off with a brief thing with his parents where you know his dad's always telling him to shut up and then he's like i want to be in radio it's like well son you hardly talk and he says, well, this is coming from the guy who's told me to shut up about 50,000 times. Um, but it, it really, like, I love the geeky Howard early in the movie. Uh, like when he's on the um, student radio. <laughs> yeah. And he drops stuff and it goes, everybody goes, oh, and he shakes. Um, and, you know, you just see him go from station to station early on, sort of honing his craft. Um, and so you actually see some range from Howard. Uh as far as like going from geeky to a little more confident to very confident to uh, sort of like, what's the word I want to use? Like shut up and let me have my way sort of confident. Um, I'm going to do what I want. And you're going to deal with it because I know what I'm doing is going to win as far as ratings go. Right. And that's so like a lot of the movie and the movie takes you through Howard Stern's early early adolescence through uh college and his his traversal through different radio stations and and how he's kind of honing his who he wants to be on the radio yeah because initially he just kind of is a disc jockey but yeah. even some of the early stuff when he gets the job at wccc um and the guy's like, all right, we got a new morning man. Looks like Big Bird to me. Yeah. Coming up, it's the Big Bird show. You know, and it like pisses him off. And then he does the traffic report that I will not repeat here. Um, <laughs> that was when he was in Detroit, the, right? Yeah. WCCC in Detroit. Yeah. It's the station that was rock and then turns yeah. country. Um, and he's like, we, we've we got a traffic copter. And <laughs> yeah. Know? And I thought that the that this movie didn't, you know, it, it, it nineteen ninety seven. So, I mean, film wasn't as woke, quote unquote, as it is now. Um, and you know, there are some bits in this film where where Howard Stern is taking liberty with race. And uh, and how Robin Quivers is uh, um, portrayed, I guess. As In what a, way? I, I'm interested in. Well, no, mean. like like you know he when he gets to Detroit and he does the 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 helicopter. And, oh yes, yeah, that for and sure. you know 
<laughs> and it's like, oh, and then he, and then he's, he is, um, later on in the film, he, he portrays himself as, uh, he was in uh, Vietnam and it just, no, there's a one where he does like a, a stereotypical gay man. Um, oh yeah. Right. In the movie. Yes. And, and yeah, there's for sure. The thing is like, and I don't know why he gets a pass. And guys like Trey Parker and Matt Stone, who do South Park, get a pass because they're all straight white men, right? right? But they, I don't know, like they can do whatever they want somehow, and they get a pass. And I, I, it's weird to me. I, I don't like this film. I and I don't, I don't. But how wh- do you cancel Howard Stern? Because he's all like, you're just gonna okay. Look what he did. It's offensive, and people are gonna be like, yeah. It's Howard Stern. Well, the movie you know? was about him trying to be canceled and like, right. You know, <laughs> but like he's, I I guess I've never listened to Howard Stern. I mean, I know Neither of him. I, I'm and, not really a fan. I think there was a time when he was like on E yeah, and you could watch like clips and stuff. And I think I remember seeing, if those who don't know, E is a cable channel. I don't know oh, if it's still what's around. What's cable? Oh God! Um, okay, <laughs> you know what Netflix is? Yeah, it's Netflix that comes through a wire. Wow! Yeah, and you don't Blow get to pick mind. what shows you're watching. Oh, you just um, gotta tune in and wait for the ads. Well, now you can nowadays because you know oh, cable kind of changed, and you had to watch commercials. But um, and E was a channel. Now, cha- I'm not doing this. Um, <laughs> With- yeah, but it was like I my my problem. See, going into the movie. And I still like the movie, but there are things that he did back then that I don't know if he still does or not, um, but uh, he tends to make light of people with mental illness. Um, Again, there are several, in this movie anyway, segments where, um, you know, he reduces lesbians down to just being sexy and the only time there's a gay man represented is in his overly effeminate characterization um you know that a lot of things that again would get people canceled um but that's what he does is he tries to be as provocative as possible so he gets the pass yeah and so from my last uh known like knowledge of howard stern he was like he's on, like, or he was. I I don't know how. What, I, I think where he's, he's still on Sirius. Yeah, that's where that's, he can essentially do what he wants. But then there's like, I think ways to like stream him online or whatever. Yeah. So he, from what I knew of him right now, is that he's this guy that had porn stars on his on his show yes. and like Jenna Jameson makes an appearance in this film. Does she? Yeah, she's the one in the studio. Oh, is she? Is she, is that was that Jen, Jenna Jameson? Yes. Damn, I got to get up on my porn history, bro. You are really blowing it. I know. I'm, oh, oh, is that a pun? That's I a don't pun. Know. Right? I don't know. Blowing is it? it. Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> but but like what I knew of him going into this film before I watched it was that he'd have like porn stars in his in in the studio and he'd be having segments with them and they would be doing like porn-esque type things in the studio and he'd like him and and i guess his his cohorts would be watching and like giving like play-by-play type thing 
you know, action, yeah. of, you know, re- replay of events. So, like, and obviously this is a film, so it's a dramatization of his life. And he's written playing by him. Right. right. Yeah. He he's playing himself written written by Howard Stern. So I don't know how much of this is actually like right. accurate. But I did find myself, you know, tuned in to like hi Howard Stern that man, this is he's a this is a Jewish man. And is he? Well, like he makes fun of the Jewish people uh, quite frequently in this film, so I'm assuming he is a yeah, Jewish okay. man. I, I I'll look that up. I I don't really know, but uh, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> but, but I just I found I found this film very entertaining from the fact that Howard Stern playing himself from New York. He is Jewish. He is Jewish, right? Whew. Huh. Huh. <laughs> but but like and he uses he uses uh some Jewish vernacular throughout the film because his his father is Jewish and and it's just I I I, I was entertained throughout this film is and uh what's her face uh, his wife the actress playing his wife. Yeah, uh, McCormick. McCormick. She, uh, Mary McCormick, I've seen her in other things. I, I cannot recall what I've seen her in before, but she has a very recognizable face. She was in uh, Deep Impact? Sure. Yeah. Know her, know her from that. Yeah. What What okay. else? What else you got? Bro, I don't know. That oh. was it. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, Deep Impact. But she, uh, she's obviously a... An, a, a an actress that her face is just very it's 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 a it's a it's a passable face um, okay you see it and you're like yeah that that yeah i know i know her i know i i know that that lady um but she grounds the performance because of how like calm she is and like i'm i'm watching this film and i'm like oh this Oh, Howard, Howard, don't do that, Howard. Oh, you got a wife and a kid, Howard. Oh, at the time. Well, wait. No. They're divorced now. (laughs) Damn damn it, Jeff. Uh, What? No, I didn't. They are. uh, Right. But when I'm watching the film, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for Howard to get himself out of the mess that he's in. So you're specifically talking about the, the trip to the movie theater. Trip to the movie theater, the trip to the bathtub. Um, well, that's all in the same yeah, sort of. So right. there's a scene to lay it out for you, everyone. Uh, Howard is a middling radio host who gets invited to a small-time film premiere with an actress who takes him back to his... That scene is so funny because of Fred. Um, yeah. Back to her apartment, and she gets naked and tries to seduce him. Um, and he gets in the bathtub with his <laughs> with his underwear on. That is so funny. She's like, "Just leave your underwear on." It's right. basically it's, swimming. It's not cheating if your up, underwear's on. Fred shows up with just his underwear on. She's right, you know. <laughs> and, he, and like he gets in it's the bathtub stuff. too. Yeah, he's just sitting there holding a rubber duck. <laughs> but what's the best is that it, he probably got the best experience out of anybody in that scene. Um, 
Because <laughs> okay. he's left with with her in the bathtub after. At the end. Right. She... It's great. Um, I, all right. So let me ask you. Okay. You, you're old enough to have listened to radio. Uh, yes. Yeah. So, yes. And I'm, I'm assuming you didn't listen to Howard Stern because you didn't I live. I did not. You didn't live in a market that had Howard Stern on. Um, I think by the time in the 2000s, he was fully syndicated. Right. So I think I could have, but I just didn't. All right. There were, like, we had Lex and Terry in this area, which yep. I'm sure you're familiar with. I am. And they're kind of, like, huh. once. They're kind of a uh, poor man's Howard Stern. Yeah, I mean, because once Howard was out there doing it, then a bunch of people tried to follow suit, and ours in our area was Lex and Terry. Yeah, but did you did you listen to a lot of talk radio? Uh, I did some political talk radio in like the early two thousands, but that was about it. So you 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 don't like so. Before you watch this film for the sh- the podcast here, yeah. When when did you see this film originally? Ninety seven, ninety eight, somewhere okay. in there, really early. All right, and you were a adolescent. No, I was a a, a man. You were a, a man. Teenager. Oh, okay. Not a man, like oh, yeah. a like a young man. <laughs> like I. I mean, I was just like 18 probably when I saw it. There was a lot of titties and bush in this film. Yeah. I told you that going in because yeah. I, I knew no, I'd I was, get you to watch it. Yeah. No, I was I was surprised by the amount of titties in this film. And the fact that like it had nothing to do, like the, the titties in this film had really nothing to do with the story at all. I don't is, know. It was kind of like, like sprinkles on top of the cake. I mean, because there was at least context. It wasn't like an airplane where they just show up and leave. There's the context of, I'm trying to remember all this. Well, there's the woman on the speaker. Yeah. Which was ridiculous. Right. No, and, that, that, but that's the, that, but that, I, that resonated with me is because like. Oh, it did. No. <laughs> because like, that's the type of bits that I remember Howard Stern, like, tuned into his serious show. Like, I, I remember him doing those type of bits with porn stars. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, this makes sense. If this is actually how, like, he got the idea for different, like, the different porn star bits that he does now or did, you know, whatever. Um, But, like, that was... <laughs> Hey, let me let me make a woman orgasm with my voice. Yeah, just sit over, sit on top of some speakers. That's crazy. That's crazy to me. So I'm going to ask you a question here because normally this is reserved for Jeff. Oh, okay. uh, To decide. All right. Would you say this film has heart? Yes, absolutely. This film has a ton of heart. That's Uh, what I I like so much about it is. Even and again, it's written by Howard Stern, so I don't know how good of a guy he really is. Honestly, probably not right. a good one. I don't know though, but it does try to portray him in a in a positive light as a sympathetic person, and it does a great job of that. 
Like when he shows uh, up at Robin Quiver's uh, apartment to win her back after she yeah. got fired because he... She basically took the fall right. for him because he can't be fired because of his contract. But like he's groveling at her feet and, you know, he's he's kissing on her on her legs and and he's just he Howard Stern in this movie is a very likable guy. Yeah. Very likable. And especially he's sticking it to the man. Yep. Like like his whole thing with with Paul Giamatti sticking it to the man. Just, and again, it results in some of the best scenes. So you definitely are pulling for him. I don't want to use the word artistic, but for his particular craft, him being able to do it the way he wants and fighting for it, there's something admirable about that. Admirable, not admirable. Ad- he is an admiral in the that. Navy. Yes. Um, yeah. So, so I, I want to talk briefly then about a couple of the, the thi- really one specific thing that I did not like. Okay. Now, one of them I think is totally staged, and I don't really care. But in between segments, when Howard goes to a new city, he has some people, I guess, who've been on his show before hold a sign and say, Howard goes to Washington, D.C. Right. Howard goes to wherever. And the one of the first ones was one was saying, Howard goes to Detroit, and she's freezing in a bikini outside. I'm guessing it's in Detroit in the winter. And then... Bob Abui, who's this like crony for Howard, is like, yeah, take your top off. And she's like, no, I don't want to. And he like tries to pressure her into it. And then there's a scene later where the same thing happens. The second one, I think, is fully staged. Um, I think everyone in that scene's an actor and it's just played for laughs. But the first one felt real to me. And it's like now we're in the, the, the Me Too era where it's like, pressuring women to do things they don't want to do, especially on camera, it left a a sour taste in my mouth. Yeah. uh, I thought that the, um, the, the clips of these, this guy holding the sign, uh, trying to get women to either be naked or take their clothes off, uh, was like, I was like, okay, this is some found footage type stuff. Uh, yeah. And like it would have been one thing like the the other one that was frustrating when they had the, the guy who clearly um, has some mental handicap of some sort, mental challenge of some kind, having him do it and getting frustrated with him because he can't get the lines right and specifically giving him longer sentences than he's probably able to handle. Yeah. And getting fresh, it annoyed me. And they followed up with this bodybuilder woman who does the job, is happy to do it, and it could have been fine, and you left it at that, you know? And then at DC, they had some either trans people or some, some people in drag do it, and it was, that was fine. If the, everyone's in on it, you know? Yeah, the, I think. The times it stick gets to me is when it's, they're not in on it, you know? So I think, you know, with something like that, with these particular scenes you're talking about, I think we have to remember the times, and I, it's, I, it's 97, like, you know... It doesn't mid- excuse it. No, it, it doesn't excuse how we look at it I now. I can say, yeah, back then, people were okay with it. And like I said, I've seen this movie a dozen times, and this is the first time where it really dawned on me. It was like, oh, 
that's a problem, you know? Yeah. Whereas, I, I, and I get what you're saying is like at the time it wasn't a big deal, but it is to me now. Sure. When I watch it. Right. And I, I understand that. I just, I think we, it's hard, it's hard for me because I, this is how I watch movies is I watch movies in the context of the era. Oh, do you? So you get home. Oh, I'm watching something from 97. You put on some Nirvana. Yeah. You roll a bowl. Is that yeah. what you do? You no, roll bowls? No, for sure. Yes. No, I don't yeah, roll you bowls. Roll bowls. <laughs> you don't roll bowls, bro. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Let me roll a bowl. Um, God damn it, A little Soundgarden. <laughs> no, you, man, if you're listening to Nirvana, you're listening to, listen to Soundgarden too, all right? Um, yeah, Soundgarden's better. <laughs> Oddly enough, both committed, both lead singers committed suicide. Um, yeah, terrible. Damn it. Uh, no, I just I, it, I I tend to watch movies in the era, like with the mindset of what 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 was the era being portrayed, and a lot of this was, you know, there's there's early scenes where Howard is a teenager, and you know his mom is. You know, the kids they're taking the kids home in here, Ma. Yeah. And that see that scene's different to me because that scene portrays it as a bad thing, right? So there's a two uh, you know, it was around the time of uh desegregation in schools mm-hmm. and there's these two kids in the back seat saying some terribly racist things. And it annoys Howard's mom and she stops them and says that, you know, Howard and her are both, you know, half black. Right. You know they're not, but right. it, it as a way to kind of stop the the racism happening in the back seat. And that see, my thing about that scene is that scene portrays it as a bad thing and says, you know, here's this character building of this woman who's trying to stop it. And I, I you know, so much of things is how are you portraying it? Well, and and that. But they don't. But the the scenes I'm talking about, this one scene in particular, if it's real and not staged, um, it is portrayed for laughs. Yeah. Hey, it, take it, your top off. I don't want to take my top off. Ah, Howard wants you to do it. Come on, do it. You know. Right. And a lot of and it's that. sleazy, especially because it's coming from one of the ugliest people you've ever seen on earth. Who, you know. Anyway, I I just I think. You take, you take the era of when this film was made, and it is vast, vastly different than the era what we're currently living, twenty twenty two, and you just you kind of have to you have to weigh some of that, and like yeah you, you know you can it, it can make you uncomfortable now, but if you if you're watching this in nineteen ninety seven. Then likely you, that's not making you uncomfortable, and and that's what is largely being portrayed as as acceptable. Sure, but and, that doesn't mean I don't have to call it out now, and that no, I, right. or that I should just glaze over it. The the movie, like it didn't make me feel uncomfortable. Like I guess how it made you feel uncomfortable, but I understand what you're what you're saying and, and the message you're trying to get across is that you know, hey, in today's light this makes me feel uncomfortable. I get that. Uh, I just, I didn't feel that way because, you know, I try to see things in the light of the era of what the movie 
or whatever I'm watching is trying to be portrayed as. Yeah. Let's talk about pig vomit. Yeah, let's talk, so let's talk the, about pig vomit. Uh, he finally makes it to New York, which is WNBC. And so what you find out is that Howard Stern in the D.C. market pretty much ran that place. He was number one. He was beating NBC's affiliate uh, in that market. And so NBC pretty much hires him sight unseen. And then they find out that he is, uh, according to one of the characters, one uh, the FCC's most wanted. Um, and so that's when they get Pig Vomit Kenny, a.k.a. Paul Giamatti, to rein him in. Um, so pretty much this starts right away. Like, you know, Howard comes in pretty optimistic, meets Kenny, and and it pretty much starts going downhill immediately when he doesn't say the call letters correct. He's like, you're at NBC. You have to say um, WNBC. Right. And, you know, Howard, he like him and Howard, the first time they meet, they have this kind of like face-off of, hey, I'm going to say WNBC. And Howard has to like replay it or say it back to him. They do it over and over. And and it's just, it's a it's a it's a it's a good scene where you're introducing kind of the the you're introducing the protagonist to the antagonist because that's Paul Giamatti is the villain in this movie. And even though there are kind of different villain-esque characters throughout, Paul Giamatti is the the overarching villain. And it's the only time we get Paul Giamatti and Howard Stern like going, you know, back and forth. Uh, the well, it's the only time they're civil, like because after this first scene with them together, Howard pretty much starts testing the boundaries yeah. right away because he's like, "You need to do it like Don Imus, who's a real uh, radio host who's been canceled because he said some racist things." On air. Mm-hmm. Um, but so he's like, Don Imus does it with a character. That way, you know, it's a clever way of being. A f- and Howard's like, I don't, I don't want to be like Don Imus. I'm my own thing. He's like, well, get on 2 a.m. Do some characters. So that's when he does the gay character with a semen gargling scene. Um, and that just starts them being mad at each other. And there's a point one of my favorites is when he calls uh, Pig Vomit's wife. Oh, yeah, that was great. And he's like, <laughs> he's been really frustrated. Uh, is he not getting enough sex at home? <laughs> and, and his wife is like, yeah, he's probably not getting enough sex at home. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. And he's like, you violated my house. <laughs> and that's when he says, you know what you are, Howard? You are the motherfucking Antichrist. And... Yeah, you got to see Paul Giamatti because his face looks like it's about to explode from pure rage. He does this rage so well. Yes, it's over the top, but it also feels real to me. Yeah. Like he's just unhinged that but, he can't get control of this guy. All right. So what's your favorite Paul Giamatti role? This. Really? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I have to, I have to look more. I mean, because I'm trying to remember what all I've seen with him. But, I mean, this to me is like, you always remember your first time? Mm, sure. <laughs> Paul Giamatti, your first. All right. You know, you, yep. 
you never forget. I got you know, the tab open to, right now. To uh, 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 to hit a quitta. Um, huh? Yeah. Don't say that. No, I did. What does that mean? It, two pumps and you out. Uh, oh, two pump chump. No, two no, pump no, chump. That's right. Uh, no, I'm like four or five. <laughs> A minimum. Oh, a minimum. All right. Well, yeah. All right. A minimum uh, two two pump four pump. No, that's you. Six pump. We out. All no. right. Anyways. Um. Oh, you don't like it now that I turned it on you. <laughs> so Paul Giamatti. There was also his role in Big Mama's House. I don't remember that. Yeah, neither do I. I was just thumbing through his IMDb. <laughs> I'm like, oh, he was in Big Mama's House. No, I remember him from. Uh, uh, Cinderella Man, him and um, what's his face? La- Lady in the Water was what I mentioned before. You did mention Lady in the Water, uh, Cinderella Man, where he's the uh, the trainer to Russell Crowe's boxer. Um, I remember that being a really good film, and then he he got a he got an Oscar nomination for his role in Sideways, where him and Thomas Hayden Church. And uh, I love Thomas Hayden Church. Yeah, he's uh, Thomas Hayden Church. That's so. His voice, so man. Just yeah, man. You, just, I always like, remember get from you, get your loins wings, wet. But then his Sandman, he's the best thing about Spider-Man Three. Yeah, uh, sure. You know. Yeah, no, but I'm he just is. like his voice, man. It just he he'd be like if you played Thomas Hayden Church's voice, and I had I sat over a speaker. Would that work for you? Yeah, man. It's like, let's go. Thomas Hayden Church. I'm turning the treble down and the bass up, and Thomas Hayden Church is just going. Uh. <laughs> here, all right, everyone. <laughs> this is uh, we're going to do it now here for you. So, Mark and I, uh, everyone, get your iPods out. Uh, put the earbud. Uh, yeah, the, doesn't work as well. No, as used put to. the earbud like in between your legs. There you go, yep. and, and turn the bass up and the yep. treble. Turn it up too. You ready? <laughs> well, I assume now you have. Um, that was the greatest podcast I moment sh- in history. I, I, by I the assume way. now you have climaxed <laughs> and are listen, ready to continue listen. talking about <laughs> private parts starring Howard Stern. You might need to take that peak down. I peaked pretty hard there. Change your underwear while you take the peak down. Yes. But, um, so. (laughs) And uh, get new earbuds. (laughs) That is, you must get new earbuds. And I'm not borrowing anyone's headphones who listens to this show from here on out. (laughs) All right, Jeff. Um, Me? Why are you saying, like, I'm the one being nasty? This is your, that you, that's you. This was your movie. I love this movie. It's really good. <laughs> All right. Um, no, I, I I do think this movie had a, a ton of... It, like, I wasn't expecting it to have as much heart as it did. And I think that's why I liked it so much was that it was... Yep. It, it, crossed, it crossed several lines, but it always came back and found the heart of, you know, what makes movies really good. And it's and it's always, it comes back and like I don't know how true the story between Howard Stern and his wife and and the miscarriage and like there's a section where of the film where Howard 
Stern and his wife, they have a miscarriage, and they're trying to get pregnant, and they have a miscarriage. And then Howard makes fun of the miscarriage on his radio show. And it's and, and like it's portrayed of like that's how Howard deals with trauma, right? And and I I I felt like, hey, that's that might be pretty accurate, you know? I could see this man dealing with this tra- like personal trauma of his his personal life on on radio in this way, and of course the movie experiences his personal trauma on the radio and then his wife hearing it and dealing with it. But I was, I always, I I thought watching this film and it's, it's less than two hours long and I'm like, yeah, I could watch this again. You know, I, I could watch this movie again. I could, I could watch another, another Howard Stern movie. And I think that had to do with more with how, capable of an actor Howard Stern is in this film and you know how how much of the story is very appeasing I agree I like you said it keeps coming back to there's the shock jock moments and then it comes back to the the man just trying to make ends meet and fulfill his dream you know and bring his friends along with him right and, um, and I wish we I wish we had gotten more of the uh, what's his name Albert Norris or Alfred Fred Norris Fred Norris Fred's awesome yeah he's so good in this movie I wish we had gotten a little bit more of him um, because I do think he holds a lot of the non speaking parts together but uh, like I did not until I looked at the IMDb I did not know that the actress. Or Robin Quivers playing Robin Quivers was Robin Quivers. I I thought she was phenomenal. Um, yeah, because like you know the first time we're introduced to her, um, what's his face? Uh, Howard Stern is given a voiceover, and he's like, "And the other leading lady in my life." And then we're introduced to her character for the first time as as she's like the news lady or the weather lady uh, in Washington D.C. and the 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 radio station that is that Howard's working at. But like she's like she's awesome, and I in certain scenes she's better than Howard and and I just I, I think like her her scenes where he's where they're first introduced and he's first kind of experimenting to being shocking and doing things that aren't acceptable on the radio the way she acts in those scenes where she's like this is not a good idea for you to be doing this but kind of goes along right it, it it's really well balanced of restraint and also let's see what happens like she's able to balance that really well yeah and i and i honestly i did not realize that howard stern's career went back to the 80s um you know because i only know him of like i guess late 90s early 2000s and then on, and so I th- I felt like a lot of that was me, and and my liking of the movie was just me go- being captivated by like oh man this this dude actually like went through the ringer of hopping from station to station, and then settled in like in in major markets of Washington D.C. and New York City, and 
I think that played into my liking of of the film is because I knew very like I knew of Howard Stern, I knew of his popularity, but I didn't know like of his background and this movie introducing me to his background and then him also being a very capable actor portraying himself. I just I let to me that that played into my liking of the of the movie. Yeah. So I need you to fill in the blank. You ready? All right. I'm ready. Blank a doodle do. Mm-hmm. Blank a doodle do. Uh, um, Jeff, I'm going to go with cock a doodle do. That's what I would have gone with. Uh, right. So do you do you recommend this film? <laughs> yeah. You know this. I you, I think you hit it. You hit it out of the park with this one. Oh, thank you. I, this is one like when. When I thought of the idea, this was the movie that immediately came to mind. I was like, oh, we got to watch Private Parts. Yeah, and I, I, I remember the movie from the 90s. I had never seen it because, honestly, in the 90s, I was still a teenager. And I don't, I wasn't old enough to see a rated R movie at the time. And, like, this one, I always remember. Like, I remember the movie Private Parts. I remember Howard Stern, but I always remember him of being you know, kind of X rated. I got to, right. I got to be 18. Um, and I just like this kind of passed me by because of my age at the time. And coming back to it now, I'm like, wow, this movie wasn't terrible. Like it wasn't like, Oh my God, you know, dicks, dicks, dicks. Uh, it was just more. It balanced the raunch, right? It yeah. Yeah. It wasn't South Park. like No, but like it was, it was 90s raunch. You know what I'm saying? That's true. But it also wasn't like... There are so many segments of this movie that you could take out of context and show to an older woman yeah. or older man and just be like, Grandma, Grandpa, would you finish this movie? They'd be like, yes, that looks very good. You know, <laughs> um, like when he's at the table talking to his wife, he's yeah, I'm going to get my job in New York. And she's like, I'm pregnant. And then, you know... He, hugs her and picks you know it's like there's there's those scenes tied in with one where a woman puts an entire sausage down her throat yeah and Um, i I, and i because this movie was made in 1997 came out 1997 i i absolutely recommend it because like it it pushed the envelope for the 90s you imagine seeing this in for the first time in a movie theater in the 1990 you know late 1990s and you're like, oh, you're looking around. You're like, oh, did, should I be embarrassed? And I, I just imagine myself in a movie theater like that, in in this in the era that this film was released in. And I'm I'm like, man, this is this film. This film was really, and the fact that it was directed by a woman, man, that I don't know how to treat that. Where are you going with this? I don't. I don't know. Where, I don't know how to treat. What it. does that mean? Like. You're talking about a super raunchy movie for the 1990s, and it was directed by a woman. That actually put me at ease a little bit because there is so much misogyny yeah. <laughs> that maybe, you know, the hopefully the set was woman-friendly, you know. So, like, so the director, Betty Thomas, she also directed, uh, right after this, the original Dr. Doolittle movie. Starring Eddie Murphy. That's not the original, but I get what you mean. Sure. Um, no, it. 
there's plenty of older versions of Doctor Doolittle. She also directed the movie Twenty Eight Days with uh, San- Sandra Bullock. Yep. Um, so like she went from from the super raunchy R rated film to a a, 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 ch- a kids film, a child's film, uh, starring Eddie Murphy talking to to animals. You know, it's like that's to me that's that's talent. When you take like, and I didn't see this movie when it came out, but when you take this movie and then you stack it up against the 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 next movie that she did, which was a complete one eighty. Uh, Betty Thomas and like I don't know Betty Thomas at all, but I mean I recognize her films, but like she's super talented in my eyes now. Looking back at her filmography, seeing and having watched this film. And having seen Doctor Doolittle, and having seen Twenty Eight Days, super talented as a as a director and a, and a maker of movies. I, a, I also recommend the film. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's what uh, I was which goes to. without surprise. Um, I think you'll even if you're, you're you're like me and you don't actually like Howard Stern or his product, uh, I think the movie is a good comedy. It's funny and heartfelt and worth your time. Betty Thomas also directed Alvin and the Chipmunks, The Squeakquel. Well, they can't all be winners, Mark. <laughs> John Tucker Must Die. Um, I'm not seeing that. It's like a teen comedy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I Spy. Anyways, um, I mean, she kind of got into a Listen, into Hollywood a is hard, yeah. and it's even harder when you're a woman. Yeah. Okay. I, I imagine that's that's accurate, but she was born in 1947, so you know at the time when she's making John Tucker Must Die, she's not a young lady. All right, okay, I'm just saying. So next week, what are we watching, Mark? Hey, we're watching uh, the oh. 1993 classic. Oh my gosh! Last, I've never last action Martin. hero starring your boy Arnold Schwarzenegger, and it's on Netflix. It's on so Netflix. So those of you who haven't canceled, which I haven't, because the circle's back, <laughs> and that show is amazing. Um, I did see your tweet about that. Oh, I, I'm a happy Netflix subscriber. I, I am too. I am too. Bro. Pitch and complain about the prices going up. It's like, eh, I'm, if it ever becomes. Uh, where the value it doesn't equal the amount I'm paying for it, I'll turn it off. There's right so now, much that you can watch and yeah. not see anything else like it in your time as a Netflix subscriber. Listen, their reality shows are some of the best. Yes, absolutely. If you like trashy reality yes. shows. And The Circle is the best among them. One of the best. If, uh, what's better? Love is Blind. I don't think so. Uh, I mean, it's more dramatic, but it's also like super. What idiots get, you know, actually doing what they're doing on this show? Have you seen the latest one, The Ultimatum? Oh, I binged that in one day, buddy. (laughs) Listen, I'm telling you, this is my. I'm a happy subscriber. It's your wheelhouse. This is not a sponsored thing. I got you. You do what you do with your own money, but uh, I'm fine with it. And uh, especially as I'm going to get to watch Last Hacket Hero. I can't think. I'd have to go back and listen to the back catalog. I don't think there's been a movie you've selected that I've been this hyped about. Bro, it's directed Just by like, John McTiernan, who you may know as uh, the director of such acclaimed films as Predator. Die Hard. Die Hard. 
uh, I mean, rollerball. What? <laughs> no. <laughs> Incorrect. He's I. You know, he only has uh, I think ten. Hunt for the Red October. Yeah, Hunt for the Red October. Medicine Man. Uh, the Thomas Crown Affair. Thirteenth Warrior. Bro, this man is a. He's got twelve credits. He's a legend. Well, half of them are bangers. He's a legend. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna hey. watch him in his wheelhouse direct Arnold Look Schwarzenegger. For, uh, John McTiernan chronologically coming soon. I would, I, would, I would be down with that. <laughs> Listen, we can. We, all right, that's what we're watching next week. Um, oh, and you, it's a draft week. And it is a draft it's, week. It's here, ladies and gentlemen. It's Jean Claude Van Damme draft. We, we haven't been, Damme you know, we haven't kept it close to the vest. Well, it's oh, it's our best kept secret. Right. June is Jean Claude Van Damme month. It's one year of draft housing. Draft housing, uh, and we're taking out our fir- that we're ending our first year on a literal bang yeah. uh, with last action hero. I, I Mark, I I'm so proud I, of you. I couldn't and have planned it better myself. Right over the past year, thank you, uh, and your taste in films, thank you, uh, improving and liking movie, or at least at the very. I have this feeling you're going to be like this is garbage, but um, <laughs> at, at least selecting. The last action hero for us to watch. I'm so pleased. Yeah. No, it's... Uh, I can't say that I planned it, but I could not have planned it better. Um, I'm so excited. If you want to get at the podcast right on Twitter, you can find us at Movie Draft House, where you can uh, throw us your, your recommendations for themes for any particular Movies. month. Movies, actors, doesn't matter. Yeah. Throw, you know... Any lesser-known musical acts that you'd like to see spotlighted? Ooh, I like musical mm-hmm. acts. And speaking of musical acts, we want to thank Elvino Louie and his song, When I'm Gone, for allowing us to use his music on the podcast for the month of May 2022. You can find yeah. Jeff. Oh. Ooh, you can find Jeff at uh, on Twitter at Podcast by Jeff, where you can um, make sure you tell him how much you liked... Uh, the Minority Report, or hey, my uh, hey, that's a good movie, man. Jaws, we rewatched again, or uh, uh, Indiana Jones movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do that because that's uh, Spielberg chronologically wherever you get your podcast. And once you've downloaded every episode and binge them, head over to Twitter dot com slash I heard you liked oh. and tell Mark thank him so much. Yeah, for the last action hero. Okay. We're get, we're he build, deserves it. We're building me up for a letdown. I I, I feel no, it. No, you'll be let down because you'll oh. watch it and be like, "This is." Go- I already know how I feel. Okay. Because right. I've seen this movie several times, and it's. I haven't seen it since the '90s, so. Oh um, baby. I, I, oh, it's good. All right. I think it's only. I think it's aged like wine. <laughs> oh, it's good. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Make sure you're. You're subscribing to to all of the things that we plug, and uh, oh, Budget Arcade, yeah. where you can hear us review free to play and independent video games with Scott. Yeah, with Scott. I, I think it's the last thing, right? Yeah. So we're so. we're gonna go now. We're yeah. gonna go watch the Last Action Hero, and we're gonna come back and record, and you'll hear that when it comes out, and then it'll be Van Damme month. It's gonna be an amazing time to be alive. Burr, burr, burr. Love me while I'm here, cause I can't feel it when I'm gone. 
Lord give me the strength so I can write all of my wrongs And I know I ain't perfect but I, I know I'm worth it If you fucking with me like you say you do Please don't wait until I'm gone Just a short Until I'm gone Until I'm gone I'm a poet Until I'm gone Until I'm gone Until I'm gone Just a short Until I'm gone Let me know Until I'm gone I'm a poet Until I'm gone Until I'm gone Till I'm gone Till I'm gone Creepin', I got a full cliff and any nigga won't beef If it ain't about the money, won't lose no sleep I don't really got shit for you to hate on me Got a lot of situations putting weight on me If I ever fell off, would you wait on me? Would you let him down, talk to throw shade on V All I really wanted you to be real with me Kill every beat and I pray that I make it You got more heart and nobody can take it Now that you got it, I hope you don't break it We met for a reason, it ain't no mistaking Changing for better was wild and shit Young and naive, I was hitting them licks What would you tell a young chief from the bricks? I was down on my ass, I got back on my shit Was all alone in that jail cell For no reason, it's ain't fair If you a black man, it ain't safe fit Cause these police, they don't play fair I guess it's because they don't walk how I walk They can't understand why I talk how I talk To be this official, you must take a loss Was down in my lowest, but now I'm a boss Me and my niggas be dripping in sauce Ran off when you blow, they pull out these souls And tell them bitches who speaking on me That I'm really that nigga, so fuck what you thought Stop trying to bury my name in that soul Spreading them lies, ain't no need for the talk You mad that you lonely, but that ain't my fault So fuck your opinion, and fuck what you thought Love me while I'm here, cause I can't feel it when I'm gone Lord, give me the stress so I can write all of my wrongs And I know I ain't perfect, but I, I know I'm worth it If you fucking with me like you say you do Please don't wait until I'm gone Just a short Until I'm gone Until I'm gone I'm a poet Until I'm gone Until I'm gone Until I'm gone Just a short Until I'm gone Let me know Until I'm gone I'm a poet Until I'm gone Until I'm gone Until I'm gone Good dude was good ways Moved out the hood but still good name Won't take none You face stun Neighborhood fights with the good days See people say that they fuck with you But your actions show that that's unsafe I had set dates with a Haitian bitch Who love me and me